0: This week's John Tap Racing Podcast is brought to you by Inglis, number one in its field. When you think of the upper echelon of Australia's horse trainers, one name deserving of a prominent place is that of Leon MacDonald. His induction into the Australian Racing Hall of Fame in 2014 was a great acknowledgement of his achievements and his standing in the industry, in a career embracing 45 years. Young Leon turned to his uncle George Macdonald as a mentor and a tutor and learned all of the fundamentals of horse management from him. It's interesting to note uh, that the famous Macdonald colours of white, black stripes, white sleeves and white cap were handed down from Uncle George and he inherited them from his father, a Scottish horse trainer who arrived in Australia in Adelaide in 1897. I think it's fair to say that racing is in Leon McDonald's blood. He joins us today on the podcast. Thanks for your time, Leon.
1: It's a pleasure, John.
0: The stables you occupy today, French Cotton Lodge, right on Morfordville Racecourse, were originally occupied by your uncle George.
1: Yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, not as big as they are um, now, um, it was mm-hmm. much smaller. Extend on the block that they were on, and also bought a house next door to uh, um, to accommodate some more.
0: Hmm. The stables are named after the horse that gave you your very first Group One winner. That was the South Australian Derby in nineteen eighty six.
1: Yeah, that's correct. It was a very, very thrilling maybe thr- 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 to uh, to win a Group One race. They were only very me those days, and um, you know they're not very easy to win, as everybody knows.
0: He was no slouch French cotton. He won two Group 3s also, the Adelaide Guineas and the Port Adelaide Guineas. And I think it took him to Melbourne once and he went very well in a Group 3 at Flemington.
1: Yes, he ran second just beaten at Flemington in a Group 3. And uh, I mean, he was a very, very good horse by Adelaide standards um, at, that, at, at that time.
0: You had another uncle, Ab McDonald, who was a pretty handy trainer too, Leon. He had a good filly a few years ago, many years ago, in fact, called Farmer's Daughter. She won a VRC Oaks. She also won the Oaks at Randwick, the AJC Oaks.
1: Yeah, she was a very smart filly and um, he he did probably travel more than my other uncle George did Uh, and uh, he had great success throughout South Australia, probably won just about every major race here.
0: I don't think your mum and dad were wrapped in the fact that you wanted to be a horse trainer. I know you got some discouragement from them, but at age 30, you decided to give it a lash, and I think you kicked off with four or five horses, and you rode them work yourself in those days.
1: Had to, John. Couldn't, have, couldn't afford a, um, a track rider, and I couldn't afford anybody to, to do the uh, stable work either, so yeah. it, it was me. The whole lot was me in those days.
0: You know, the might of Lindsay Park has made it very difficult for the smaller trainers to win premierships in South Australia. Firstly, there was Colin Hayes and then David Hayes and then the late Peter Hayes. Now you've got Tony McAvoy. I believe Tony has 100 horses in work in South Australia alone.
1: Yeah, I believe he has. I mean, uh, th- that is the general consensus. I haven't been up to his price, uh, but uh, I believe he's got about 100 horses in South Australia mm-hmm. and obviously um, others in uh, mainly Victoria now. He did uh, go to Hawkesbury at one stage, but I'm sure Tony's closed that down.
0: And Darren Weir has set up a South Australian establishment.
1: He hasn't, actually. He comes from Ballarat, um, but oh, he does oh, he have yeah, he travels and uh, travels to Murray Bridge on Friday, on the Friday and comes into Adelaide on the Saturday with a uh, truckload of horses and, uh, well, we all know Darren's very, very hard to beat. So you've
0: done well to win two trainers premierships, the most recent not long ago, 2016-17. Great thrill for you.
1: It was an enormous thrill for me. I had a great, it was a great year for us and, um, It was probably brought about by um, um, a lot of help from Claire Lindop at the time and also um, my um, partner, Andrew Lewis, who's also my son-in-law. You had a very
0: strong association with Jason Holder, better known as Stubby, for a number of years now. You won many, many races together and he's still very much in demand in Adelaide.
1: Yes, he is. Uh, He he started with me as an apprentice when he was 14 and... um, He won a a state title while he was still an apprentice. Mm. He went overseas and rode as well and also rode with good success in Queensland. I think he won a uh, a Magic Millions up there on a horse trained by Bruce McLaughlin. Feeling ready. Feeling ready. That's the horse, yes. Yeah.
0: Well, Leon, when Jason decided to accept that overseas offer, a little girl called Claire Lindop walked into French Cotton Lodge She started to ride work for you, and she didn't stop for the next 16 years.
1: That's correct, and uh, she was a great help to the stable. Uh, She rode winners um, both here in Victoria and also um, Tasmania. We won a Launceston Cup over there. Mm. Uh, obviously the Victoria Derby on Rebel Raider. So, uh, mm. you know, she was a, gr- um, a great asset to the stable.
0: Well, you made headlines when you won that derby in 2008. He was only having his ninth race start. Uh, Claire, of course, was the first female jockey to ever win the Victoria Derby.
1: Yes, yeah, she was, and, and that still stands. So I think she's the only one at this stage. Mm. Well, mate, it was
0: a big call, wasn't it, for the owners to put Claire on in a race like that?
1: It was, and they were, they were, I was very happy that they did stick with her. The, the horse was long odds, and um, you know, to replace uh, her with a, probably a senior um, Eastern State rider I mean, at 100 to 1, I think she was going to give it a better chance than they were because she really did believe in it.
0: Six months later... You won the South Australian Derby with the same horse and Claire Lindop in the saddle again.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And he was—he was a very good horse. He's a great staying horse, and it's pretty unfortunate that um, um, you know leg problems um, stopped his career. And since then, he he has stood at stud and uh, been quite successful with fairly ordinary mares.
0: He had a hock problem, didn't he, Leon?
1: Yes, he did, John, in his offsides. He always looked lame to me mm. or to everybody, I think. Uh, and we took him to Sydney for the AJC derby, but he just never handled the Sydney way of going. Mm. So that's when we uh, pulled up stumps in Sydney and come back to Adelaide.
0: Yeah, a very heavy, gross sort of a horse too, wasn't he?
1: Big, heavy horse. And, um, you know, I think the problem was he won a size in South Australia as a two-year-old. And of course, the owners then didn't want to guild him. Mm. I feel if he had been a gilding, he'd have been much lighter and um, you know, probably more sound. Mm. You tried
0: very hard to get him back. There was a gap of 11 months between his last two starts.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And um, We brought him back and after a long layoff and he won a 1,200 metre group three first up.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, he's a very, very good horse, Rebel Raider. There were two other very good female jockeys to come through the operation, namely Ruth McMillan and a little Tasmanian girl called Raquel Clark.
1: Yes, well, uh, Ruth was a long, long time ago now and uh, um, the females were not very accepted those days and um, she did battle the odds. She was very good as an apprentice. She did ride three winners in one day for me at Victoria Park, Mm. Uh, but um, as soon as she became a senior rider with no claim, it was very hard to put her on.
0: You're short of race courses nowadays in Adelaide, aren't you? You're rattling off famous old names there like Victoria Park.
1: Yeah, that's that's correct. They um, closed Victoria Park, which was a great tragedy uh, to South Australian racing in my opinion. To to have a race meeting in the CBD was something unique probably anywhere in the world and uh, Mm. I think it was about 250 residents forced the closure of it and, um, yeah, it's a great shame that that happened.
0: For over 150 years, Inglis has led the way in the field of thoroughbred auctions. In 2018, Inglis again sold the most yearlings at the highest average. Last season, Inglis was number one for Group 1 wins and the only auction house to sell a Group 1 winning two-year-old. They sold four, in fact. I'm proud to align myself with Inglis, number one in its field. We pay tribute to an old marvel, Leon. Um, Umrum who retired in 2004 after 81 race starts. He won 14 of them, 20 placings, 1.6 million, two group ones, back-to-back two-rack handicaps.
1: Yeah, though he was great at old horse. Um, he backed up in the 2 I think, about five, five years in a row and he was placed in it as well. Mm. Um, but his first one in 1999 was a bit of a shock. He was 40 to one, written yeah. by Eddie Wilkinson, and then mm. the following year he he ran favourite in a race written by Jimmy Cassidy.
0: Yes. Did he race sound right through his long career?
1: Right through his long career, and then he was retired at Mill Park Stud and and lived till he was about 17 or 18. So yeah. but he's uh, long gone now, yeah. unfortunately.
0: One of his really good runs, Leon, was in the Group 1 Salinger down the straight six. He was narrowly beaten on that occasion.
1: Yes, he was. It was a, was a funny setup up actually. He had won the um, Turac, and I wanted to give him another run before the mile race at, at Flemington. Mm. And um, Jimmy was engaged to ride the favourite in the race. Um, and Darren Beeman hopped on him, and uh, Jimmy did win the race, but um, beat um run by about a, a neck, I think.
0: Yes. All right, now Southern Speed, what a grand mare. She won seven out of 25, 2.8 million. Where did she come from?
1: Uh, she was bred by her breeder, a Turret Park stud, which Harry Perks was the uh, – you know principal director of um, she was a lovely type of mare uh, but had very ordinary front legs and never mm. ever went to the sale so um uh, she was given plenty of time she never raced as a two-year-old but i think she won her first five or six runs mm.
0: claire lindop rode her in her first three wins including one at flemington the vanity
1: yeah that's correct yes and uh, uh, she was sort of in the stable, but um, the Connections decided that they wanted to go with a, um, an Eastern State rider in Caulfield Cup and that's what happened. Mm. And, um, you yeah, know, a little bit disappointing, but Craig Williams hopped on and gave her a, a gun run in the race and um, she won quite comfortably.
0: Before that, she'd run second in the Underwood and fourth in the Turnbull. It was terrific form coming into that Caulfield Cup.
1: Yeah, she had great form, and it was um, you know a strange feeling on Caulfield Cup day because when you're running in probably the hardest uh, mile-and-a-half handicap race in the world, to think you've got a real chance, that's before the race, it's a a—it's mm. a, it's a real feeling, and I was pretty nervous that day. Anyway, yeah. she didn't let me down.
0: She was out of a Zabil Mare, Leon. That's where the staying blood came from.
1: Uh, exactly. I, I trained her mother, actually, for Wolf Blass. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yes. Mm.
0: And how far did she get?
1: Uh, she won over um, twenty four hundred metres, but mm-hmm. um, she had a, she had problems. Um, she was always sore in the back and over the hind quarters, and uh, she wasn't very sound. So uh, she was retired quite young.
0: He ran, or uh, well, she ran second in a CFO stakes and second in an Australian Cup. The next preparation.
1: Yeah, exactly. She uh, uh, the. Um, Australian Cup was probably a big disappointment to me. Craig rode her again and she was in front before the corner and her and Manigar went stride to stride all the way up the straight and um, I think uh, half a stride past the post, she probably put her head back in front. But mm-hmm. anyway, the um, camera didn't lie.
0: <laughs> now, her last preparation, Claire got back on. She won a listed race at Morfordville. Then Craig Williams took over in Melbourne. She won the Maccabi Diva. A group two, uh, she ran in the cox plate, and you stopped after that. Leon, what brought her to an end?
1: She ran in the cox plate, and um, um, un- unusual for her, she was very slow in the early stages of it, and was about four, three or four lengths last. Um, she did warm up and, and flash home to be not far behind the the place getters uh, Luke Nolan wrote her, and she ran very, very well. Hmm. Um and then um, she broke down. Um, oh, she was going towards the Melbourne Cup and, and broke down on, the, on Derby morning.
0: I think it's fair to say that Gull Guru was the best horse you've trained. He won eight with eight placings, 2.4 million, and uh, he probably wasn't bred, uh, you know, of royal uh, fashion uh, by Geiger counter. Where did he come from?
1: Yes, well, uh, he, he was bred by Turak Park also and um, uh, by Geiger Counter, who, um, you know, did get a few horses to run a little bit, but he no, he wasn't a, a great stallion, uh, mm-hmm. and probably most of his other horses were raced over shorter courses, um, mm-hmm. but guru was a bit of a freak. He uh, was probably very unlucky in a Victoria Derby. Um, he won the Amy Vase lead, leading into the Victoria Derby, Mm. I thought he was very unlucky in the Derby that year. Yeah, what happened uh, then? There? He went. Oh, he just um, got back, and the uh, there was a bit of track bias. Um, they were racing very well down towards the inside that day, and he, he had them He made a wide run, mm. and he ran. I think he ran fifth in the race. Yes, he did. Mm.
0: The autumn of nineteen ninety-eight, he won the Group Two Amy Classic with Greg Childs up. He won the Australian Guineas with Greg Childs. And then you came to Sydney. Shane Dye jumped on and he won the Randvet Group 1.
1: Yeah, what a thrill that was. I think it's still probably the quickest Randvet ever run. Might and Power Mm. um, uh, set a cracking pace in front uh, and he was able to run him down close to the line. Uh, A great thrill.
0: Might and Power turned the tables on you, though, in the Mercedes Classic.
1: Yes, he did. He uh, he bowled along in front as he usually did and he was just too good for us. Uh, we were on second in that race, but uh, comfortably beaten by him.
0: You went to the derby and Shane Dye told you well before that he couldn't ride him in the derby. He had a commitment for tie the knot. So Greg Childs was more than happy to fly to Sydney and jump back on him.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And uh, if you, um, It was a wet wet track actually that morning and um, I was in Melbourne. Um, at the time, and Andrew Noble, it was my foreman, he rang me up. He said, "I wouldn't come too early. I don't think the races will be on." But anyway, it did dry out enough, and uh, and the rest is history. He had a and Greg Charles gave him a lovely run, uh, and um, Tyler Knight made a run at him coming uh, up the rise, but he was much too strong for him in the run to the line.
0: He went for a spell after that Derby Leon and his troubles must have started soon after because he really struggled to regain that kind of form again. He was placed in two or three Group 2 races, but I think he won only one more race and that was an open race at Flemington.
1: Yeah, that's correct. I think Damien Oliver rode him that day. Hmm. Um, he um, he was always favouring his offside front leg. Um, the vets could find nothing wrong with him uh, with his this leg, and eventually, um, with a good X-ray machine, that was picked up that he had bone chips in there, and they couldn't be removed at that time.
0: Oh, that was a pity. But do you was, look back on you look back on him as the best horse you've trained?
1: Oh, he had to be to beat the best horses the, in that. In that Randbet, um, Dane Ripper ran in it, um, and uh, two or three other very, very good horses. So, yeah, uh, you know, to beat those horses and Tyler Nott, who who you know eventually won ten Group One races, mm. um, he did beat him comfortably in the Derby. So that just spoke for itself, I think. Go
0: Indie Go was a nice filly you had. Uh, she didn't race much; had eleven starts. She won two of them, uh, and included a Group One, the Champagne Stakes in Sydney.
1: Yeah, she won a uh, a size produce here in South Australia, and uh, Harry Perks raced her on his own. And he said to me, "Well, you know, why don't we give her a shot at the um, Champagne Stakes?" And that's what we did. And um, you know, the rest was history. She um, won it quite comfortably. Um, went to the paddock well, but never, ever uh, came back and she had some gut problem, which mm-hmm. she never, ever got over. Yeah. She scoured most of the time after that, and uh, she never, ever regained the form that uh, she showed us as a two-year-old.
0: Dilly Dally was a good enough mare to win $1.1 million in prize money.
1: Yeah, she was quite quite a smart mare, um, the only decent race, I suppose, that she won was the TJ Smith. It was a group two those days and uh, Mm. Karen McAvoy rode her and she came down the outside and um, got the money. A great, you know, I was starting to think Ranwick was probably the best place in the world. I had (laughs) a fair bit of luck there with Gol Guru and then um, um, Dilly Dally and, of course, later Go Indie Go. So my Ranwick record from very few runners was very, very good.
0: Now, Leon, you were under a bit of pressure training Dilly Dally, because a part owner was your good wife, Pam.
1: That's correct, and you know, um, I think it's been well documented that uh, you know what Pam's put into to the uh, business here uh, all those years, and and she's still doing it. So, um, you know, she's been wonderful to the stable, and yeah, she she was a part owner of it again. Um, along with a couple of very good friends of ours who are still very good friends. And, uh, yeah, the pressure was right on me, so I had to perform.
0: <laughs> well, about eight years ago, you took the very important step of forming a training partnership with your son-in-law, Andrew Guyas. Uh, yeah, isn't yeah. Yeah. How, how do you pronounce mm-hmm. it? Gluis. Say again?
1: Gluis, Gluis. What's, what's yeah. the
0: What are the origins of that surname?
1: Uh, Irish. Are they? Yes.
0: Well, it's been a raging success, Leon, because uh, you haven't stopped winning races since you two got together.
1: No, well, and Andrew sort of joined me. Um, he was an electrician by trade and he joined me about oh, 17 years ago now and worked in the stables. And, uh, mm. you know, he's still the worker in the stables. He's um a background boy, puts in a lot of work, you know, behind the scenes and um, doesn't look for much, um, many accolades, but, no, he's been wonderful uh, to the stable.
0: Andrew is married to your daughter, Sue, and your other girl, Christine, is married to a race caller, the popular Terry McAuliffe, who has virtually become the voice of South Australian racing.
1: Yes, he has. Yes, yeah, have been. Yes, and they've got. Um, all the, both daughters have got three boys each, and um, mm. yeah, Terry's become part, part of the family, and uh, he's he's a very good caller, Terry. Um, he certainly is. You no, know, he he just um, so, um, calls locally. Um, He's got um, great – he loves calling athletics and I think he's called about the last 20 Bay Sheffields and uh, Mm. uh, so no, he he loves that sort of lot and uh, he's very happy in Adelaide.
0: Well, we mentioned earlier that you've won two premierships against the might of Lindsay Park and 11 Group 1s all up and God knows how many other stakes races and an Australian Hall of Fame induction in 2014. That was a humbling experience for you.
1: Yeah, it was very humbling, John. Uh, I didn't uh, ever think that that sort of thing would happen to me. And I remember saying to Johnny Hawks about it, I said, I don't know how I got here. He he said, well, you remember one thing, mate, you never put yourself there. So I thought about Uh, that after he said it.
0: Yeah, he comes comes up with some pearlers, Hawksy, doesn't he?
1: He certainly does. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've been, you know, John and I have been friends for a long, long time because we grew up in Adelaide together.
0: Leon, I can recall visiting you one day at uh, French Cotton Lodge. God knows how many years ago it was. Channel 9 were covering a big boxing program at a place called the Apollo Stadium in Adelaide. I can't even tell you where it was. Uh, The three Waters brothers were all uh, appearing on the same bill and I had a few hours in the afternoon to come and visit you to do a stable visit for the Sky Racing program at the time. So, uh, gee, it was a long time ago, mate. I've got no idea, but I remember
1: the day clearly. Yeah, I think it was probably in the the early 80s, I think, John. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it would be. Uh, You had Mm -hmm. a a photo of French
0: cotton uh, in your feed room. It took pride of place.
1: Yes, it did. It's, it's still there too. It's still there. I thought it might be. <laughs> Leon,
0: it's great to catch up. Congratulations on all you've done and all you've achieved. And I know uh, you're only just beginning, old son.
1: Oh, I don't know about that, John. But anyway, so thanks for your time. I, I really appreciate you um, calling me up. And uh, anytime I can help, if anything I can do, I'm always available.
0: Thank you, Leon. Great to talk. Okay. Thanks, Charles.
1: For over 150
0: years, Inglis has led the way in the field of thoroughbred auctions. In 2018, Inglis again sold the most yearlings at the highest average. Last season, Inglis was number one for group one wins and the only auction house to sell a group one winning two year old. They sold four in fact. I'm proud to align myself with Inglis number one in its field.